You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And we've got both Mr. Ronaldo and Mr. Weber here at the round table this morning. And we've got a special guest on, uh, Mr. Rick Adams from Dr. Fred Simeon's Museum. Simeon? Yes, and, uh, uh, the Simeon Foundation. Yeah. On yeah. The museum. And uh, we're glad to have Rick on talking about, I don't know what kind of... Classic it's cars, these are exactly, <laughs> but something uh, new, huh? Yeah, something new and different. And uh, we're glad, Rick. Are you there? Hello, Rick. Come in, Rick. Hello. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. It's that it's that one button. I didn't. Uh, I was waiting on it. Anyway, uh, Rick, we're glad to have you here on the America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And uh, if you will, please, uh, when you see. Uh, Dr. Simeon, uh, give him our best and tell, tell Fred hello. Yeah. Oh, glad to be here, and uh, I will do that. Thank you, sir. So we're going to jump right in and start talking about... Uh, the inaugural Simeon Soda Bottle Grand Prix. Okay, yeah. Now, that's... Uh, I, I, now, <laughs> I, wait, wait a second. The three people that are in the studio today can remember... Now, you're too young, I'm sure, but can remember a thing called Spin the Bottle. No, 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 no. You don't no, remember no, that? No, I remember sort yeah. of rocket bottles, but we can't do that anymore. And I used to steal them when you were spinning the bottle so I could get two cents. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, well, you'll yeah. have to excuse us this morning. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it's yeah, Saturday yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> and about to rain. <laughs> yeah. Again. Unfortunately. Again. And, and you probably are under snow right now, aren't you? Uh, no, it's actually not too bad here right now. Oh, okay. It's a little cold, but... All right. Well, hey, that's just better than eight inches of snow. Um, yeah. First of all, you are in charge of education at the museum, correct? Yes, that is correct. Could you give me a little or give us a little yeah. overview? What is it that you do? I know Dr. Fred works with driver education and things like that when we've interviewed him before he's talked about. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you and let you tell us about all of the educational uh, benefits of the museum, please. Okay. So, yeah, the um, Soda Bottle Grand Prix kind of fits in with what we're doing with STEM and STEAM. So STEM, of course, is science, technology, engineering, and math, and working that into school curriculums. Uh, so we use the collection, uh, different technical features and things like that, physics a little bit, again, the math and the engineering, designing frames and suspension geometries, and the soda bottle cars, we're going to talk about thrust and weight and how you have fixed thrust. And um, you can make them more streamlined and reduce your drag or resistance, but you're going to add weight at the same time. And uh, we have a little scoring system that's down to the thousandth of a second. And these cars are going to race, so they are air-powered, so you pump them up with a bicycle pump, essentially. And they do about 20 miles per hour down our track. So, uh, and how long is the track? It's 65 feet. Uh, it'll take these cars, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the three to five second range usually. Plus, we actually have a scale model wind tunnel that measures linear drag, so we can put the cars in there and kids can work out different aerodynamic features, see if that helps their cars at all. Oh, they build these cars, the, the participants? Yes, so they're going to build the cars from scratch. We'll have the little chassis dolly set up, and they'll glue the soda bottles to the chassis, and and they can put wings and nose cones and different features on there to make the car more efficient. That's incredible. And what age group are we talking about? Uh, it's from 10 to basically up, 10 to 16, 17. How um, about do you some of the older guys want to participate? I guess we can allow that as well. 75-year-old <laughs> guys? Yeah, yeah. As long as you're young at heart and you want to participate, sure. Well, a few of us are even young in the mind still. Well, there you go. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. Who, who came up with? Is it who came up and or started this? Where did this this thing start? Well, we just try to find different ways again to use this um, stem 
And we call it STEAM a lot of times at the Simeon because we have the art aspect, so that's adding the art to the science, technology, and engineering and math. (coughs) How long do they have to uh, build? Uh, They'll have about an hour to build, and then we'll have about an hour to race and goof around, and they can decorate them with different colored duct tape and paint and things. (laughs) Individual or a team effort? Uh, Individual. Wow. But we'll, of course, be helping out, and we'll encourage everyone to help other participants to make their cars as as possible. And is Fred walking around with his uh, stethoscope? Uh, he'll probably be there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. He, he does, well, you all do incredible things. And, uh, Thank you. I'm sure the city of Philadelphia appreciates what you folks do. Now, where do you recruit these students, or, or how do you get these students to come in? So this is open to the public. You can check it out on our website, uh, simianmuseum.org. Got it, got and it. And then it, it's through Eventbrite, so you can find it through Eventbrite uh, on its own, and then where you can find the button through the website. Mm-hmm. And it's just open to the public. Uh, we've advertised a little bit locally, a little bit of social media, and that's about it. So, Wow. Anybody who hears about it that can make it. And, and this is the 19th, and it starts at what time? It starts at noon, so um, it's next week, yeah. next Saturday, yeah. and right around noon. Okay. Snow or sleet or ice or rain? <laughs> yeah, we're we usually try to stay open, so we'll be there unless it's really bad. Oh, I think it will be. So. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Now, after they do this, do they get a tour of the museum? We're actually going to do a little bit of a tour first, in- introduce the collection. Okay. Everyone as a group, kind of the understanding of the spirit of competition and how those cars in the museum helped evolve the automobile that we drive today. Oh, do you realize that you might have just made uh, a liberal mistake? And as you said, the art of competition, you mean everybody doesn't win and get a trophy and a you know a five-foot trophy and go oh, home with? Here we go. Well, I don't know. Now he's, now he's getting into a gray area. On yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just leave that. And, I, like, I like the spirit of competition, though. Yeah, I like well, that I, the thing I think that's neat is they've got a, a little wind tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's yeah, just, that'll be down there on the floor, so kids can use that. Parents could use it. Uh, whoever wants to play with it, we put other models in, and you can see different aerodynamic drag. That's Even incredible. Even for models that we sell in the gift shop, you can test in there as long as they're the same scale. Oh, really? That's so, kind of wow. cool, isn't it? Yeah. No. So you pump uh, what? Some uh, smoke into it and watch the. We do have a smoke machine as well. We tie, we tape string onto different models and yarn and things like that. Wow, that that's incredible. Uh, is this a self-designed wind tunnel, or is this something that you were able to acquire? No, they come from an education company. Uh, it's actually developed for the Boy Scout CO2 racers, which we do with our summer camps in the summer. Oh, yeah. I don't so, know that uh, the, either. Oh, well, okay. Explain. That's a, the Ex- wood, the, the Boy Scouts no, make No, no, this is something different. CO2, that's just the, the little wooden car. CO2 is something different, yeah, right? Yeah, well, that's yeah, well it, it's actually a similar car. They just drill a hole in the back and put a CO2 cartridge, and they run mm-hmm. on a level track, yeah. which is where the track we're going to run the soda bottles comes from. And in the summer camp, the soda bottles are the first evolution because they're the least efficient design, and they don't have a lot of thrust. So the... The older students, they learn uh, aerodynamic features, and they have a bigger correlation on the soda bottle cars, and then the CO2 cars go quite a bit faster. Uh, how, how does this actually work? I'm not even sure exactly how this soda bottle car works. How, how, how do you make it go? I mean, what, you, know, you keep talking about compressed air, but how do you... How, I, I can't... I'm quite not sure how it even works. Well, it's Okay, a- so it's the, it's the same idea with the soda bottle rockets that we often played with as kids, uh, except they shoot vertically. So they just lay it horizontal, and you put it on a little, it's, it looks like a little cart. It's a little chassis. You glue the soda bottle to that, and then the, the launch pad, it actually fires two cars at the same time, and it has a little nozzle and locking mechanism that thread onto the cars, a little coupling, and you just pump them up with this um, bicycle pump to about 50 PSI. Oh, press okay, the button, I see. And it, it releases okay. the the nozzles and they go. All right, I, I was thinking that you somehow, I wasn't sure if you pressurize the bottle somehow and then release the pressure in the bottle, but... Well, you do, yeah, yeah. The, so no. then coupling, it pressurizes the bottle 
and then they they self propel down the track that way. Yeah, but it's a it's a purpose built system from a company called Pitsco. They sell educa- educational supplies. Oh, that's neat. Rick, yeah. do you all do you all coordinate? Uh, as a father, I went to many, many, many science fairs and entered everything imaginable except a robotic horse, I guess. But um, so, do you all interact at all with science fairs or any of that kind of stuff? Uh, we do. Uh, there's some newer things, so my position is newer at the museum, making the push and the initiatives for this. But we work with like the Franklin Institute, um, Philadelphia Science Festival, things like that, to put on displays and different activities. And and how long? This okay. This is the first ever coming up, and we this whole show is about, and our mission has been since day one is getting younger people interested in the hobby and in the classic car hobby. Are you able, and this is premature, but in other things that you're doing at the museum, are you able to see that it's having an effect on the younger kids, getting them, getting a, sparking an interest in the hobby? I'd like to say yes. Uh, I think the interest is there. It's just hard to bring out or maybe the way mu- museums do that in the automotive world that they just don't spark the interest of the the children so the summer camps we did over the summer were filled in every um, version and and all the kids were from 10 to 15 years old were really excited about the cars and the collection so we had 12 kids for every camp that was our max so i guess um, it wasn't a babysitting session it was a learning session right right exactly well that's where we were mixing the technologies to really show them how these cars connect to the world that they live in now and then they say wow i didn't realize these cars have these neat features i thought that was just formula one grand prix stuff that's modern but cars in the 20s and 30s had these features that's beautiful they they kind of find that interesting yeah it's absolutely amazing um the summer groups what how how many do you do like one a week or we'll probably do three to five sessions this summer uh they're week long so we actually open the museum on monday so the the kids get a a day at the museum when it's not open to the public um since we're usually closed on mondays mm-hmm. and then um so we do the five-day camp it it was nine to four o'clock last year it'll probably be a little shorter this year um, from things we learned, but um, it'll be a full day. They get lunch included, and we work on engineering and aerodynamic design and building these soda bottle cars and CO two cars and I, I think up with designs. Yeah, I think that's fabulous, and I just wish that you'd get more publicity for doing this. And let's talk about that. We're going to take a break right now, Rick, and we'll be back shortly. Okay. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, in this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value. Uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call J C Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car yeah. Show on America's Web Radio with our guest from. Pennsylvania, and we won't hold that against him. He's got to get his snow shovel ready here probably pretty soon. But anyway, uh, Mr. Rick Adams with the Simeon Museum, and we're talking bottle racing, the Grand Prix of bottle racing. 
I think he's got a neat thing. Oh, I do too. And, yeah. uh, we were talking publicity, and, and Rick, Steve's got a couple of ideas. Yeah, a couple things are coming up. Have, have you thought about doing this at the AACA convention at the at, at the downtown Sheraton uh, at the first first weekend in February? I think it is. Um, not exactly. Uh, they do come over to the museum and they have different sessions or events at the museum. We could do things like that. Yeah, if, I mean, um, I mean, just do a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just do a th- just do one of your little races there, and invite some of the people to bring their their kids and grandkids for a day, uh, for yeah. a while. That that would be a pretty cool thing. And if you're if you get interested, call Steve Moskowitz and see if he has an idea. Doug Drake always does a a youth uh, uh, seminar out in the the lobby uh, of the hotel where he talks about stuff and. One of the days of doing, instead of doing his seminar, I, you might be able to do your your soda pop bottle setup and race because there there's probably uh, he gets as many as twenty twenty five kids sometimes, and you could limit it and do whatever you'd like and just do it there. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to talk to him. Yeah, I know uh, he's been at the museum recently. So, well, and the other thing I'm thinking of is um, the AACA magazine with West Peterson of putting a little yeah, article Yeah, putting an in article there. in the AACA and Horses Carriage Club magazine. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah, we try to put articles in those in magazines like that um, when we can. Hemmings does a lot. Uh, I know we try to put them in AACA when, yeah. when that's an option. Well, and maybe some like car and driver or road and track. How, how large is your uh, air chamber? Wind chamber? Wind tunnel. Wind tunnel. How long? Um, it'll. It's usually um, like one ten scale, um, one twentieth scale range, one twenty fourth um, hmm. range models. It'll do maybe twelve to fourteen inches long. <laughs> wow. Um, it's. I don't know. The whole length of the wind tunnel is about six or seven feet. You know, it, so it's not it does portable. Like 40 miles it, per it, hour. It's really not portable then. Um, not super portable. No, we, I have taken it places. It's a little awkward to work with. It takes a lot of space up. Um, it takes basically a whole um, venting table size. You know, you know what would be neat, or I just thought it would be neat, is uh, folks like Steve that own Model A's, Model T's, Model whatever. If they actually made models, and you had a contest of the guy that made the best model, and then they brought them, and they put them in the wind tunnel uh, to co- see what the, uh, uh, you know, what, what kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, wind drag, drag, drag there is. Drag, uh, resistance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, for their actual cars, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, we could do that for sure. I mean, that's basically the reverse of how we do it with the kids. You know, they're designing for a purpose, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the thing, of course, when my son was in Cub Scouts, we did Pinewood Derby, yeah. but that was a track that ran downhill. Yeah, it was a, yeah. And, and, yeah. And now the big boys are doing valve cover racing. Are you familiar with that? Were no, they, I'm not. I'm oh, not they design valve covers. These are guys that are vintage sports car racers, and they design valve covers yeah. and go to a vintage race. Yeah, and they... And Run the valve covers down, and I think they have more fun doing that than they do racing their their uh, Aston Martin or their Fraser Nash. <laughs> Some of us did soapbox derbies too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. I did. Yeah, we didn't do that where I was; it was flat. Yeah, the yeah, that's kind of interesting. That, that's pretty big in the, in the hobby, the Let's valve say, cover stuff. How about Lubbock, Texas? Okay, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that that's kind of big. Again, you can contact most of the clubs. I know that they they uh, a lot of the sports car guys do do it. You have to use a factory valve cover, but you can modify it any way that you can think of. So some of these guys come up with some super. Lubricated little tiny ball bearings and all of well, this stuff. A few of them have. Well, you can get into that too with the yeah, cars. yeah. Because um, it is a Boy Scouts, I guess, merit badge or racing competition. It's just not often used because the track and the 
Yeah. The launchers are expensive because the one we have uses special launching pods and things. Well, I think that's really cool. Maybe if if you can get a video of the cars running and a little bit of what's going on, we could we could put it on our website and uh, have people look at it. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to send that over during the week. I know we actually have some video already. Great. Um, kind of neat. So some of it's dramatic because you can't see the condensed air cloud that forms around the CO two cars when you launch them in real time but on the videos it, it actually engulfs the person launching the cars and the kids standing nearby <laughs> oh wow yeah that's interesting some slow-mo shots of that yeah, so, yeah uh, that, that's kind of a cool oh, thing oh man I, 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 it'd be great to be a kid again Steve oh yeah uh, don't worry we have fun too all the instructors have their own cars now so we race them as well oh you have instructors oh you have other volunteer? people um, yeah, so myself and there's a couple other volunteers. Uh, I have a GT40 Mark IV CO2 car replica of the museum's GT40. So, yep, yep. Um, I launched that. The, and it's fun, too, because the cars go a, a lot faster than the kids expect, and they, they're they not 100% foolproof. So in the iteration that the Boy Scouts use, they tether it to the ground with a piece of fishing string that runs the length of the track we don't do that because that's too easy so, <laughs> my gt40 is very light often it'll fly two or three feet in the air and crash if, oh wow um, i have to add little wings to it to hold it down and if the wings aren't calibrated correctly for the run um it goes into the crowd so they get a kick out of that to prove that if they don't do things correctly that there are consequences Yes, mm. yes. I yeah, think, not yeah. only car stuff, but I, I like it. Well, that was my background is, is the technical end of this stuff. I, I like the, the what you're doing with the uh, the technical and design principles other than just the car stuff, like you were just mentioning about the the, the airflow control and all that. that. That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and he fun. trims the car. He put tab. He puts tabs on it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's force. pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool stuff. I, that, that's kind of, kind of neat. And so, as we're going into the wind tunnel, here comes Passport Transport and a miniature eighteen wheeler to see what the drag is. Nine um, million. <laughs> <laughs> the, the coefficient of drag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, it, it could be a whole family affair, you know, yeah. with the advertisers and, and uh, the whole thing. That's neat. Oh, of and, course, yeah. Uh, as, yeah. Your, as your car is flying into the air, it has insured by J.C. Taylor. Yeah. On the side. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wallace will fix you right up. Yeah. Spe- speaking of that, how many instructors do you have during one of these events? Um, between two and five, um, depending on the crowd and... Yeah. I, I think we I, I think we got a volunteer here at the table that he wants to convert back to about ten years old. Is that right, Jim? Yeah, but I I can't make it today because my G five is down for its annual. Oh, uh, well, next week hope we get it ready by then. <laughs> yeah, we'll pick you up at the airport. Okay. Yeah, I I really think that'd be cool to do at the AACA convention. I I really do. If you could put this together. Do what you can, at least with the race car part. You may not be able to do the wind tunnel stuff, but just the race car stuff. I, you know, making the bottle cars and all that. I think that would be really cool. Um, Instead yeah. of getting the kids, get the old farts that are there for the show. <sighs> you get, get a lot of interest. You get a lot of interest. You really would generate a whole lot of interest in your program. Yes. And. Uh, I think it would be very beneficial both for for you and for something different in the the uh, at the AACA convention because you're going to get a couple thousand people there. Yeah, uh, yeah, from um, definitely. And I know we usually have a booth there already and everything. Yeah, you do. You, you should, we do you, market that stuff. Yeah, you um, you you do. But if you could do it in the lobby and they'd make an announcement, put it in the program and stuff. I I think you would. Uh, uh, and then you could have some fun with it and get get Steve to uh, uh, get Steve and Chris to each have to make one. And and I I would definitely not bet I would definitely not bet on either one of those two to win. I I, <laughs> I would bet on an eight year old. <laughs> um, I have a question. You mentioned the Franklin Institute, and my children spent a lot of time there. Um. Have you ever done a display there or had an event there? Well, it, it's hard for us to, to create an event there. Okay. But they're pretty planned out. Um, 
but I go to their events and we put on displays. So we have other right. STEM okay. things. Um, we actually have a, a soda can crusher, aluminum can crusher. Um, I keep forgetting it's probably a, a pop can for you guys down in the south there. No, 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 that's Detroit in the south. <laughs> that's Detroit? Yeah, yeah, it's the Midwest is pop. No, here it's just uh, Coke. Everything Coke. is Coke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. no matter what it that's is. That's right. Yeah. So a Coke can. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it uses uh, water and a bunch of syringes, and it talks about um, how hydraulics work and how changing the volume can create uh, mechanical advantages, which we relate to the hydraulic braking systems on cars automobiles so we, i've taken that and some other little displays like that and we can crush aluminum cans kids can do it with just their little pinky finger at five years old so they, they think that's kind of neat yeah that stuff is great and get a hold of steve to get doug drake's phone, uh, uh deal and, and uh, see if you can't do something at the convention whether it's the cars or your coke can crushing uh, i think that would be a big hit yeah. okay yeah uh, i'll definitely have to work on that on Tuesday when I get in the office. Yeah, I, I think. All right. What now? We've talked about this. What what other kinds of programs does uh, the Simeone Collection do as far as youth education? What what other kind of things do you guys do? Oh, oh excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Um, so I, I work on lesson plans for the classroom and helping teachers implement the stuff. Teach about the history. The Again, all the STEM and STEAM aspects as well. So I help working with that just to show them that these cars are relevant um, historically and technically. A lot of the, the innovations, like I've talked about, that are in automobiles currently, they came from or stemmed from these different race cars that used that technology close to 100 years ago for some of these cars now. Sure. Well, yeah, prime example is that Type 57G Bugatti, the Le Mans car, the, uh, how aerodynamic that was for being a pre-war car. Right, exactly. We actually have a lesson plan that talks about that. So uh, one we often use, it's called Milestone Cars. We It starts out with our 1907 Renault, and just the, the fact that it exists is kind of, and it uses some neat technologies makes it a really important car it had shock absorbers on it that were hydraulic and um some other features and then we we move on to the um duesenberg the 1921 duesenberg grand prix car that has hydraulic four-wheel hydraulic is that the one-eyed car is that the big one-eyed car uh no that one is just the the little it looks like a dirt track racer actually yeah when it was collected that's what it was thought to be but it ended up being the chassis of one of the French Grand Prix cars from 1921. Yeah. yeah. And then we move on to the Bugatti tank, the Type 57G, and then the the GT40 Mark IV for aerodynamics and other okay. things. So, All right. We're going to be right back, and we want to talk a little bit about other programs, but we also want to get into some of the cars in the museum. So we'll be back in a minute. Okay. Hi. This is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Welcome back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, and we've got special guest from uh, Pennsylvania, Mr. Rick Adams. I don't know why I keep thinking snow, and and Rick said it was pretty up there. It's okay, David. That's that's yeah. just age. Is that okay? Well, anyway, we've got uh, Rick on, and uh, we're pleased to have him on with us today, and. Uh, Look forward to finding out. I, you know what you're doing, Rick, is just uh, you should be commended, and certainly Fred should be with, you know, taking the interest to the to the kids and showing them. Uh, I don't think, you know, they can uh, Whitney and uh, and the Cotton Revolution and so forth and so on. But there's never been anything like the car, like the automobile, and kids should uh, have an appreciation for it. And the, you know, they they look at a car today which was driven on a uh, computer before it ever hits the road. Whereas in the past, the the time that it would take to bring an idea to fruition and test it out. Yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing. Um, Fred talked about a driver education program. I think at one time. Is that anything in the works? So, yes, we still work with the driver's education side. Um, okay. Just trying to find a niche and what we can do. Um, nonprofits technically really aren't supposed to lobby. So, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could lose our tax status, essentially. Uh, but, let me, um, yeah, uh, all right. I, I've been asked quite a few times to go to schools and do presentations on, on cars. And uh, a lot of times I'll I'll drive my 1910 car and wear a, a bearskin coat and a leather helmet and goggles and have a lot of fun. Are 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 your uh, lesson plans that I could maybe stick in a, a little small technical presentation? Are they are they available to the public? They are. They're they're available on our website. There are some things that don't live on the website, but. Um, quite a few of them live on the website under the education tab. Um, the, all right, I'm going to take a look, and and uh, I think I could, you know, uh, show something, have a have something physical, but it's because it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, it oh, yeah. really is fun to do. Like the last time we did it, there was a, a, a Japanese kid in there, and we were talking about who who started this in the business. Everything was Toyota, no matter what. Toyota did it all. <laughs> you know, Rick, I, I just had the thought, and I'd like to go backwards, and I don't know. We've never done this. How is the – okay, you have, you're doing a program for the kids to get them interested and involved, but they have to get there. How much interest and involvement do you get from their parents and or their grandparents? And we've never – this is sort of going a reverse route. We've always gone after the kids, but – is there anything going, or are you all going after the parents to bring the kids to get spark the interest of their kids in cars? Oh, we haven't made a lot of inroads in that. We talked about it, and we're working on some things. Uh, definitely, the summer camp families. A lot of the parents brought their collector cars in, so that you could see that it was deep rooted in the family. The wow! Hobby. Wow! That's... So, uh, kind of Monday morning is show off your collector car that you bring your kid in with so cool that idea. was kind of fun yeah yeah because yeah. when i do it and i drive one of my old cars over one of the mo- most common questions is how did you get that thing here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> how did that car get here i drove it really it was <gasps> well that is a funny thing even most of the cars in the collection you get a lot of questions. Not that I've been able to drive many. We try to keep it the list short so people aren't fighting about who gets seat time. But um, they always say, that car must drive really terrible. You know, it's from the 50s. And you're like, no, it does actually drive quite modern. And you know, we're talking about Jaguar D-types and C-types. And um, there's, a, there's a reason they were successful, and it becomes very clear when you get behind the wheel of one. Yes. How well they drive and the level of performance is pretty astounding it's kind of yeah, shocking my, my 1910 car is just like a new lexus 
Yeah. Uh, has, has all the, the digital features. Does it drive itself as well? Yeah. Yeah, it's electric. It's, it's all it's, electric. Yeah. It's, it's the problem with the GPS. He always gets lost, and they blame it on his uh, yeah. Alzheimer's yeah. or whatever. Yeah, paved, yeah. Paved, paved roads are not in my GPS. No. <laughs> And your backup camera shows movies, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that I think what you guys are are, are doing is, is fabulous, and I I didn't know, and I I would like to be able to to uh, uh, get some information uh, out that you have these these lesson plans. Uh, I, I think a lot of people would would look at them and use them if they knew that they were available. Uh, right, and, right. Yeah, and and uh, I'm on the horse's carriage board for another couple months anyway. Uh, if you're interested, um, you can get. I'm, I'm sure that the horse's carriage club, because I know the editor. I've known her since she, just to my age anyway, since she was born. Of the horse's carriage gazette would be more than glad to put something in there about for. Their members is who to ac- access this information. I know Wes Peterson would do it in a heartbeat. Okay. I, I think that 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 the, what you're doing once the word gets out, I I think you're going to just be amazed at the 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 number of people that will use this stuff. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, um, for sure. We uh, like I said, we do try to market some of that, and we we've had some success at least locally. The Philadelphia community. Yeah, uh, uh, it's great. Um, what's upcoming after the uh, soda bottle racing? You've got other weekend events coming. Well, we do the demonstration days, so I help do the technical lectures on the demonstration days, where we actually run and drive our cars. So right. that, those are always fun. They start every second and fourth um, Saturday, just about for the rest of the year, um, like the first week in February. Second week in February there. Oh, okay. You're doing well, it in the winter. In wow. the wintertime, too. Yeah. Huh? Wow. We do, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we often start with the, the older cars, so they kind of get neglected. Um, the Brass Era stuff goes out in the winter. Usually, it tends to be less popular, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I'll rinse you my bearskin coat. <laughs> there, there you go. Might need it as well. But, but there is a funny joke that um, is actually very good for the old brass cars that you, you can only do about 30 miles an hour around our little three acre track and we're parking lot that we use as a track and 30 miles an hour in a gt40 our brass air car is all the same so <laughs> <laughs> so the the brass air cars often do lap times just as quick as you can get out of a gt40 because they don't really like the tight turns so it's yeah. kind of funny yeah <laughs> rick do you do you all do anything from an educational standpoint of of evolution uh, from the standpoint of from cars to pickups to uh, uh, ultimately the 18-wheeler that, you know, has revolutionized uh, the food industry and everything else. Oh, and, transportation. Uh, it's transportation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, kids kids think that the, uh, the cauliflower or the broccoli shows up just to harass them. And they don't even know how it gets there, and right, the, right. You know the 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 auto rail transportation, like you said, Jim. Yeah. What a what a part it plays in our life, from the moment we wake up to the time we take a permanent nap. Yeah, um, I guess we frame it something like that. That's kind of how we sell all of the education um, pieces to the museum. Is that there's there hasn't been a more transformative invention in, in the history of mankind as far as the way it affects our lives and the way we move things around and the, the way we get around. And oftentimes, the, almost every person that's in a classroom that we're speaking to or a child that's at the museum, I mean, they had to get there by an automobile at some point during the day. So uh, we, we definitely uh, bring that up a lot to make sure they're aware of that. Do you do any basic engine seminars for the kids or basic electrical or to explain how a system works or a transmission? We haven't yet. Uh, those things are definitely on the radar for the future to develop those programs. Yeah. Um, yeah I remember seeing the first uh, 
split engine and seeing uh, oh, a cutaway. Uh, yeah. yeah, a cutaway and, and watching the uh, pistons go up and down and uh, the spark and you know how how this thing works. That's oh, amazing. Do you have yeah. any cutaways in the museum? Is anybody? We actually do. Um, it was actually on American Pickers. Uh, Fred was actually on the phone with the guys from the show and they got it in Italy. It's a Fiat 600. Away from yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I program, do. Yeah. I remember that too. Okay. Because they went over to buy something for Fred. I can't remember what it was—a specific car. Yeah, I don't remember the car either. But that is what they were there for. And then they ended up finding this little engine cutaway. Well, it's actually a engine transmission and steering box, and it, it's essentially a whole car. Everything's cut away, so it's kind of neat. Yeah, a platform. Wow. Yeah, it's it's. Pretty cool. Um, I noticed on the website you've added a car of Voisin. We have, yes. That came in Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Um, and I think you got, what was it, the 1904 Renault was just a recent acquisition in the last year? Uh, yeah, the 1907 Renault. Oh, so that's seven. been a year and a half or so now. Okay. Um, and that's a really neat car as well. Um, a lot of racing history in that car and um, technology and things. Very innovative car for its time. Yeah. That's um, a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it one of those huge cars? Well, I don't think it's a uh, No, that, that, was, that was actually the story of those. So the, the Renault 1906 French Grand Prix winning car was a, a monstrous car. So they built a, I guess, a 7-8 scale replica for the United States. Uh, but it's about half the displacement of the Grand Prix car, and that's what oh, these, it is. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's physically smaller, and it's about half the displacement, so it's quite a bit lighter as well than the the car that it was based on. So it was a, a basically a factory yeah. scale down replica. Yeah, and some of the tours you see some of those are very early. I've seen a, a Fiat that that guy had and a Mercedes very early, and. Uh, uh, they're just huge. These things are yeah, yeah, monsters. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the Fiats were built in Poughkeepsie, New York, back then. How were they? Yeah, I didn't know there that. was a, a, an assembly plant up there. So. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I forget it off the top of my head. I think the 1906 Grand Prix car was something like 14 liters. Yeah, <laughs> pistons and the size I, of garbage cans. Yeah. The, the one we have is the, the replica cars that were sold in the United States are something like 7.4 or 7.5 liters. So it's still a massive four-cylinder motor, but um, not quite as big as the Grand Prix car. Yeah. Is the uh, the car running? It is, yes. Okay. Um, it's actually a pretty stout performer. Like I said, it'll yeah. go quite well around the back lot, and it, <laughs> it drives very well. It's, it's a little bit terrifying that it could do 90 miles an hour, potentially. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I would do that with rear brakes only and sitting up a mile high from the ground. Center of gravity is a little... Yeah, that'd be a little scary, to the moon. Yeah. yeah. Do you have seatbelts? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's not much for safety under there. There is a seat. That's about as safe as it gets yeah. in that car. Does it have yeah. a, is that a, a driver mechanic car, too, with you guys? It is, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah that's really weird. That's really Can you imagine busy. being a mechanic no, in one I of can't. those? I, I, not, I can't. Uh, that car doesn't have much to do for the mechanic. Some of the cars of that era had pumps and yeah. transfer pumps and things, but this one doesn't have any of that, so I don't, that guy just hang on for his life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what for, else he for did. For as short as it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That too. Um, so you've added those two. Anything else come in in that period of time that's been donated to the yeah, museum? Yeah, couple, three years, something new. Oh, not technically donated. We have some newer cars that are long-term loans from different ah, donors. okay. Um, those will go back to other people or go to other museums in the future. But um, we have a, the, the last factory effort Ferrari for the Indianapolis 500 came in. Mm-hmm. Really? So that's a, it's a Curtis Craft chassis with a... Yeah. Um, Ferrari inline six-cylinder engine, actually, yep. um, that they tried to race in 1956. Uh, Nino Farina tried to qualify it. He actually did not. So, um, But that was the last time the Ferrari factory actually backed the car and built the car to race there. There were Ferrari engines and cars going into the 90s, but they weren't factory efforts. Rick, we're going to have to take our last break, and uh, we'll come back with Rick Adams on the Classic Car Show right after this. 
Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And thank you for coming back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with our guest today, Mr. Rick Adams. And we're talking, uh, well, these these bottles may turn into classics. Who knows? Uh, anyway, <laughs> well, but uh, the engineering behind them may turn into a classic, but... Uh, Rick has graciously joined us from uh, a very important museum yep. in the in the hobby, and uh, I'm going to turn it back over to Steve and Jim and uh, Rick. Um, Rick, yeah. Uh, how many programs do you actually run now, or that that are active? Is it just the soda pop bottle one, or do you have others going on? Because it's, right now. Right now, it's just the, the soda pop and the, the summer camp stuff. Um, okay. A few tour programs where we get some school tours in. Um, Excellent. Uh, which we actually, we do some neat things. We, we usually run a collection car of some kind um, when they come in for the tours, so it's kind of neat. Okay. And do you always have the wind tunnel on display? No, I don't, actually. It's a little bit fragile, so it has to be manned all the time by someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring it out for the school tours and other special visits. So we we get Boy Scouts troops and things come in, and we'll do different um, stations with the, the wind tunnel and can crushers and other stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's neat. Because uh, I, I haven't heard of another museum that's doing what uh, you and, and Fred are doing with the Simeon Foundation. I just think that's fabulous. And well, we try, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and somebody has to take the lead, and you guys are yeah. doing a, a good job. And in the hands-on stuff, you know, talking is one thing, but seeing it is another, and participating yeah. is another. Well, and going into the gift shop, buying a model, and being able to do it in the wind tunnel when they've got it set up is phenomenal. When, yeah, when and not bad business that. either. No. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Do you get any... Uh, are the race teams that bring their models in? I know McLaren's built their own wind tunnel, and I think if Ferrari's got it too, or a few other teams in in England. But do you have anybody that comes in? We haven't yet. Um, I we try those things. Um, haven't been successful yet, but maybe one day. Yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah, because I I remember when I worked in Detroit, I go by the Tech Center, and about this time of the year, there were never two different team trucks at the wind tunnel, but there was always a team truck well, there. Well, they can't used to come here all the time at yeah. Lockheed because they yeah. have one of the biggest in the country. Yeah, and well... I was going to say, but this, um, if not the biggest, it's up there. Is yeah. Boeing's right around the corner from us as well, so... Yeah, and then the Chevy teams all went to General Motors to the, the tech center to their wind tunnel, so... Yeah, there's a lot of those shenanigans still going on. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we 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 just gave Roger Penske an award in November, so maybe I'll have to talk to him and um, yeah, yeah. Well, just some of his wind tunnel tricks and models. I wonder. Uh, well, I'm sure in Reading they have one, either there or down in uh, uh, North Carolina at the stock car setup. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, you they have definitely to. have to have something done. You there. have to. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, I've got a. This one is really off the wall, and we've never talked about it on the show. But I guarantee you, every one of us sitting here at this table and everyone that's in the uh, classic car hobby can appreciate this, is that, you know, has anybody ever taken the approach with kids or with their parents or their grandparents, uh, the seven senses? For instance, um, back in the old day, the brake fluid had a certain smell. I mean, if you, you smelled brake fluid, you knew exactly what it was. You smelled oil burning. You knew exactly what it was. Well, how about and, ether, starting fluid? And starting how about fluid? Other and, you know, obviously you take advantage of what you see, <laughs> but there's a lot more to it. There's the smell of the of the auto shop back in the day. Uh, you know, just the, the seven senses. And um, has anybody ever taken that approach particularly of... of you know, when a kid smells something, and the next time he smells marijuana, he knows what it is. Oh, I didn't say that, uh, but it, it it's amazing, and uh, I can I can still smell the mechanic shop that I used to go into. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I don't. We've never really pursued that. I guess um, maybe a little bit. We have some. They call it Art Reach here in Philadelphia. It's a group that works with. Um, people with varying disabilities but they had um blind groups come in and we we did something similar before with them like that um different smells and putting your hands in water to feel resistance and that's just a multiplication of the resistance that air has and stuff like that uh, uh, that would be about the extent of it so that's we, an interesting idea we yeah. did that we did a uh show here for the National Association for the Blind had their big annual convention here in Atlanta and they called and asked if we could get some antique cars for the guys to come down and look at and uh-huh. they did with their hands and I brought my MGTD down and the guy was running his hinges and I told him what it was and he goes yeah it's a cool sports car he said and I'll bet you it's red because all sports cars are red <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that was quite yeah. a, quite an experience. It that's really funny. was yeah. quite an experience for all the old cars. We had probably 30 guys down there. That's neat. Um, I, I just have to interject something when you're talking about census. Hypoid gear oil with the high sulfur content, I and, can still and, smell uh, that. And, uh, and, uh, and then I don't think there's anything worse than that smell. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. there is, and, and it, it's related is the, the uh, positraction rear-end stuff that oh, General yeah. Motors had. Oh, that little bottle That little of bottle stuff. of stuff. <laughs> that freaking oh, fire oh, stuff, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, Especially yeah. when you burn it up or you fry a yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about reflex, yeah. boy. That's really something, that stuff. <laughs> But that's, that's uh, not to get on a tangent, I, I definitely had a funny story with that. My first vehicle, it, it leaked quarts of oil every 3,000 miles, but it leaked about one drop of high-point gear oil out the rear diff every 10,000 miles, and I had to change that seal because you could just smell it in the car. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. The, the auto shop teacher at the high school said, why are you wasting time changing that seal? I said... Because I can't stand the smell. I yeah. can smell it in the car. Now with yeah. synthetics, there's no smell. No, no, that's it's it's amazing. There is no smell with the synthetic so. stuff. Um, do you talk about brakes and braking? I know you got everybody going accelerating fast and speed, but do you ever ever go into any kind of braking systems, Rick? We do. We actually have a also have a lesson plan specifically for that. That brings out a lot of math so algebra teachers and things can use it um, and it also has a neat tangible connection to something that functions so the the jaguar c types and d types we kind of oh yeah yeah they were the, the first ones yeah, yeah our, our c type is an early one so it has the four-wheel drums but some of them had at least front wheel discs yep and yep. then the d types had the four wheel yes um and it we, we talk about the advantages of that to the competition at the time which 
goes right with the philosophy of the museum, of course. No, but that's good. We try to compare things and talk about heat dissipation and how braking systems actually work. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. You guys are doing a great job. I, yeah. I'm, I'm very what, impressed. What else can you tell us in the short period of time that we've got uh, left for the show? Well, we're, we're just trying to come up with creative ways to you know, connect with the younger crowd and Good. show people that these cars are still relevant to society and all the things that they've affected on the automobile. Are you getting some pretty decent crowds on the weekends when the weather's nice? Are you seeing well, a lot of people come through? I guess it depends on what you consider a lot of people, but yeah, I think we do okay. We can... A demonstration day where we're running, we do the technical talks inside, and then we run the cars outside for 15 or 20 minutes. Talking three to five cars, we'll get between 150 to 300 people. So A lot of clubs? Get- uh, we get a reasonable amount of clubs. Um, okay. Not a, not a lot, but a reasonable amount. Well, uh, I, I, I'd like to be there the day you fire up the 917, because there's nothing nastier sounding than that engine. We had a, a good Porsche, actually a Porsche 356 club came, uh, and we did a special demonstration for them with the 917. Yeah. That was fun. We had, oh, what did we have, 45 historic 356s that all drove to the museum lined up out back. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, I bet you my Husqvarna leaf blower sounds worse. <laughs> <laughs> If you had 12 of them together, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the turbocharged ones are much quieter. Absolutely, but boy, can they blow some leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, well, I can Tim tell you that there's an uh, electrical hookup to boost the battery system in that car that's right behind the exhaust, that it, it'll blow some leaves, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. disconnect that before the car takes off. And, yeah, Kevin, our curator, will give me a good blast in the face. Oh. Well, you know, I was just saying, you you were talking earlier, Jim, about uh, getting the word out, you and Steve. And I was thinking um, America's Web Radio with their video cam and direct line to YouTube coming up there. Do you, do you have any uh, input with the possibility of getting a couple of tickets to sure. go in the museum? And, uh, and, we can uh, probably work something out. You know, that might be fun. I'll take Mason up and we'll video uh, and put it on YouTube and do. I just well, I'd have to leave him here to do the board and stuff. Um, Rick, I want to thank you for being on today and uh, certainly appreciate what you're doing. We all appreciate what you all are doing. It's it's just super. Wish everybody in every state had someone like you all doing something. So, thank you again for being on, and uh, we'll be back next week on the Classic Car Show and. America's Web Radio, and thank everybody for tuning in today. We appreciate that, and this will be up in a podcast form. By the way, if if you want to make a copy of it, you you all are welcome to use it any way you want to use the show. Okay, Edu- well, educationally or yeah. uneducationally. Yeah, I hope that works for the AACA and horses carriage. You should. Yeah. That's something you ought to think about. Okay, I'll look into it for sure. Give our regards to Fred. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. will do. He's the best. Okay. Thanks, Rick. And thanks for having me. Yep. You're welcome. Bye. Take care. You too. Your auto Thank love you. and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby, the first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind, Passport Transport your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Hi, I'm Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, in this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call J.C. Taylor.
insurance or visit jctaylor.com. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.